Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Kieran Fletcher. Hi. This week, the film we're going to be getting into is Jordan Peele's 2017 horror mystery thriller, Get Out. How bad can it be? Call me Dean and you're hungry, my man. We're thrilled to have you up for the get-together. I want to introduce Rose's boyfriend. I'm Chris. Couldn't see no brother around here. Something is weird. Come in and sit with us. Sink. I can't move. Why can't I move? You're paralyzed. Get out. Get out. Get out. Read it R. Kieran, I won't ask how you are today, but I'll do my best to drag you out from the sunken place. <laughs> Very nice. I'm all right. I, I feel all right. Things are um, looking up, I think. My sister's getting married tomorrow, and I'm very, very happy to be out of that house and at yours, because it's a fucking madhouse at mine at the moment. Well, they're literally, all- right now, as we record this pod, they are in the church over the road from you doing a rehearsal, which is a very strange kind of concept, but uh, yeah. Well... I'd like to think people can't notice, but I speak enough that you probably can. I do have a slight cold here. We're uh, stretched across the room, but in person this week, so less it, of a... Yeah, it feels... It's gone back to, like, COVID times. We're, like, two metres apart. It's uh, hands... What was it? Hands, face, High maintenance. Uh, you've requested a desk. Yeah. Um, I've not unpackaged a podcast stand in a while, so if it sounds like we're in a cave and someone's speaking like this and this... I sound all right, though, don't I? I mean, like, I'm not listening back at this moment in time, so only no, time no, will tell, fine. He'll but be fine. He'll be fine. it looks all right on uh, on my screen. I like having two hands free. When you're holding the mic, it's a little bit, uh, I don't know, it kind of, yeah. Hey, we move. Uh, yeah. Get out. A young African-American visits his white girlfriend's parents for the weekend, where his simmering uneasiness about their reception of him eventually reaches a boiling point good place to start actually that synopsis i quite like that it doesn't really tell you where things are going yeah i know jordan peele with the marketing of this had to really be hands-on because i wouldn't have known this before yeah traditionally the director makes the film goes to the post-production everything they yeah. stay out of the marketing side of it yeah and he said a real irk of his looking at horror films is so many ruin the actual film yeah, before yeah, yeah. you see it. And he said, yeah. if you showed almost anything of the latter half of this film, the film's just blown open. There's no point you going to see it. I was going to ask you, actually, because I know you do your research. Um, did he come up with the name Get Out or was it originally called something else? So as far as I can tell, that's what it was. There's, it was always called that. But there's a lot of origin stories as to where this comes from. Because he, the guy shouts, doesn't he? During the film, the yeah, guy shouts, so he, get out. Yeah. And I didn't know whether the, in that scene they were like, shit, let's It's said, I think, that. seven times in the film and every yeah. time is to um, Chris. Yeah, yeah. The There's many origin stories, so you can kind of pick and choose as to what you believe. Supposedly, mm. it's from when he goes to cinemas, it's what? black people shout at the characters in horror films. Uh, okay. And he saw a film, I believe, with 
Eddie Murphy. Right. And they're both watching and all the white people in the cinema are yeah. quiet. Yeah. And then all the yeah. black people are saying, why are you hanging around? Yeah. Get out of there. Well, the stereotype is that the black guy dies first, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And so, I yeah. mean, we'll do our interpretation of this film the way we see it. Some of the things, obviously are very specifically tailored. This is such a great film. I know we are doing, this season we're doing films that we like, but this is such a good film. I, I really mean, like this We're film. only doing films we like because I can't come on here again and do a film. I know, that's what I mean. That's, that's, what that's, that's, the, new, that's the new formula, yeah. but rather than just taking tearing apart shit that we don't like. But yeah, um, so this film's great. I was going to say, with it, there's probably some references even we don't pick up because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we aren't black living in America. But yeah. Well, that's the thing. We're two white guys review- reviewing a film where the white people are the villains. Well, he said the best thing about this film coming out was it came out at a time when white people started to open up to the idea that there actually was mm. racism in America. Mm-hmm. There, there's the comment in the film that says, I would have voted for Obama a third time. And he yeah, says, yeah. when Obama was elected president, what was it, 2008? He said, mm, a good. real thing that people thought in America was they basically kind of rubbed their hands together and gone, don't call us racist now. We've got a black president. And yeah. he said, it doesn't work like that. No, he said, I know. And so many of these things in there. It's like, well, I've got a black friend. Well, something, something we'll get so to. So I can't be racist. He said, the easiest thing to do here would have been to put this in a Southern red state. Yeah, Texas, yeah. St- yeah. in America yeah. and then it's too obvious as to mm-hmm. them being racist and you almost disassociate from it and this just these guys who have the confederate flag there's so much subtlety like there's some um, <coughs> there's some quotes uh, which I've put in my notes which um, because I rewatched this film last night looking at it you know in analytical detail and there were some quotes that I picked up and I was like I think that is meant to be a racist comment but it's done so subtly that you're like, maybe it's not, well, but we'll get onto that anyway. Alison Williams, I think the name is of uh, yeah. Rose. Yeah. She says that she still gets white people coming up to her that say, I didn't know that this these people were racist until yeah. we had the big reveal. Yeah. And we're going to speak about the scenes in particular, but that's the whole reason of that one scene where they get to the party to show that not every person that's racist is going to use a hard ER to your face. Yeah, it's for sure. far more sure. subtle than that, and that's yeah, yeah, yeah. those people don't even know they're being racist. No, no, no. It's just, it's systemic, isn't it? It's racism is um, ingrained in. I mean, it's racism is ingrained in a lot of, if not all, white people because we've been brought up in you know a way that we we've been favoured for for like the vast majority of. I mean, you look at like England and. Brit- the, the British Empire just went round and fucked everyone. Well, everyone. The root of this film was that Jordan Peele, I don't know if you've watched much Key and Peele. I, I haven't personally, so no, I, I haven't, have had no, no expectation. All I've going seen in. is the flight attendant one, which is funny. But he basically, what this horror is his passion. Yeah, and yeah. he had these ideas and this was basically something that was supposed to allow him to flex his muscles. He didn't put a time a time and date he needed it finished. He mm. didn't mention the idea to any studios to say, look, I've got this, this is what yeah. I'm going to produce, you want to get the rights to it. And so it took about nine years to, yeah. to fully finish this. I mean, did he always have Kaluuya in mind? Because it seems weird to me that he went for the guy no. from Camden I'll, and I'll, not the American. Would jumped slightly the original yeah. original original idea 
was Eddie Murphy. Oh, for real? Yeah, because wow. it's his mates and he can yeah. call on it. Yeah, Come yeah, on, yeah, yeah. we'll do this. It's a great idea. You can branch into something new. Because I would have thought going we'll down to the that route, I would have thought like Michael B. Jordan maybe, but... Well, I, I'd forgotten that when the casting, that when the film came out, everyone is loving it. And then Samuel L. Jackson made yeah. a real big thing saying that British people shouldn't be playing roles about black history in the United States. Hmm. And but we'll speak about the casting shortly. Yeah. So four point five million dollar budget, over two hundred and fifty million dollars made, and still rising. Yeah. This is the most successful Blumhouse film ever made. Mm. Same question as always. What do you think the critics thought of this film? I say the same thing every week. I think they loved it. I I don't think there's much you can do to floor this film. Really. A film from a highly influential new filmmaker that makes audiences think deeply about life but it does so through a uniquely conscious horror lens. Yeah. When that real-life horror flows into the film's fantastical premise, it's revealed how well first-time director Jordan Peele threaded the needle. Kaluuya is exceptionally grounded, continuously tossing around genuinely inquisitive expressions, making the eerie situations more realistic and more humorous. Yeah. Sharp and satirical, frustratingly topical and poignant, Get Out insightfully explores race in America while delivering a banger of a horror movie. Yeah, I agree. And finally, Peel seduces, subverts and manipulates audience expectations as the masters Alfred Hitchcock, John Carpenter and Stanley Kubrick did before him. Yeah, very different style of film to films like uh, Kubrick and whatever. It's much more... um Real. This is much more grounded in reality than, you know, it's not The Shining, but... Well, you've mentioned him already. We'll start with Daniel Kaluuya. But mm. I've mentioned on here before, before we've got a segment on here. Yeah, you're a big Kaluuya fan. It's, it's just very cool to see him knowing where he's come from as... Yeah. There's very few these days. He's someone that I will watch a film just because he's in it. I think... Well, you've got a split in this movie, which is one of the most interesting things about it. That Certainly when it came out, you'll have seen several of the white actors before, even if you didn't know their names. Yeah. And the black actors, particularly Kaluuya, were unknowns. And I know Jordan Peele said that mixture was, it was kind of a mixture of choice. I just find it really interesting that, rather than that Kaluuya found himself being the lead in this film as a guy from Camden. And, you know, he, I mean, it's nothing to do with, with the accent. He's, com- you completely believe him as an American. I just find it very strange that for a, um, a film with this, this guy being, um, Jordan Peele being a first time director to just think, fuck it, I'll put well, an English guy as an American as he's, the lead. He like, said, and this is a quote from him. must have just blown him away in the auditions or something. He said, when I'm looking to cast this movie, first you go, okay, so we need a 26 year old black leading man. So let's see, who is there? Okay, Michael B. Jordan. Donald Glover. He said, Michael B. Jordan, it runs out real fast. Yeah. Um, he said, Daniel is a very accomplished actor, but quite frankly, he should have been a lead already. Yeah. He's my favorite actor in the world right now, and I'd seen him in Black Mirror and Sicario. Mm-hmm. He's just an incredible talent. It was both sad and I made me feel good. Mirror. Yeah, it was both sad and made me feel good to be able to give people who are equally hardworking black actors and performers the opportunity to get these great roles as well. Yeah, fair fucks. Asked and answered. So Kaluuya, and I took this out of last week's podcast to speak about it this week instead. Go on. On the actors on actors thing or variety, I think it's with, with uh, Timothy Chalamet. Uh He said he did Black Mirror and he thought, 
okay, this is going to be big for me. Yeah. And it didn't even go straight to Netflix in the UK at first. No, it was on Channel 4 for a while. Yeah. And yeah. so it was kind of, some of his mates saw it, they mm. thought that's cool, but that was that really- That used to be quite niche. Yeah. And they said it goes to Netflix in the UK and more people pick up on it. And how he described it was, people in the industry started pick up and picking up on it more than getting a real fan base. Yeah, yeah. It then, it hits Netflix in America. Mm. And all these people, these directors and things started seeing it. Jordan Peele sees this and basically just says, that's my guy. Yeah. Within a week, yeah. he's got his information. He's on a Skype call with him mm. and he gets a good vibe from him. When it went to America, that was, uh, it was Miley Cyrus, wasn't it? That that made it American. It like uh, no, so it, it got big over there. And because of that, they did another they, they did season American and stuff. she was in right. one of them. Okay, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But he'd done Sicario in the meantime, because I watched that yeah. back. We did it on this podcast, me and Keenan quite recently. I forgot he was in it. He's a smaller role, but that's yeah, a very big is, film. Yeah. That's yeah. a Dennis Villeneuve. You're in there with Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. Josh Brolin. Yeah. Yeah. Some big hitters. But he's, he's a smaller role. So that was really, his, he wasn't a nobody. I think it's inge- disingenuous to say that he was a nobody, but kind he wasn't a leading man. similar to um, Olivia Coleman used to always be in a lot of things, but she was never the leading lady. And then when she was, she won an Oscar. Yeah, he was know? almost like, there was probably people that would have said, oh, I recognize that guy from mm. Sicario. Mm. But no one would have known. You'd name. recognize him on the tube, but you wouldn't know why you knew him sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So he goes for the audition nails the audition mm. and he was given the job on the spot. Good. No messing around. I like that. Jordan Peele said he got him to do about five takes of the sunken place scene. Mm. And that is the scene, isn't it? The way he explains it, he says the tear, the single tear was so perfect. It came down in the exact same place each time in every single take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Black Mirror is his breakout. Sicario, he gets the small role. Black Panther, he's doing at this pretty much the same time as this. Oh, yeah, he's in Black Panther. He's yeah, get yeah. out and then it rolls straight into Black Panther. Mm. I don't know if you've seen Widows. No, I don't think so. Widows, he's a villain in that and he is incredible. No, I haven't seen it. No. He's incre- He's in there opposite Viola Davis oh, and okay. uh, Michelle Rodriguez and I forget the other lady's name. But he is just... You'll have probably seen a clip before... He's in a gym. It rings a bell. He's in a gym and he gets these two kids to uh, rap. Mm. And then he says, run. And then he shoots them as they're running away. That doesn't ring a bell. Okay. Yeah, I've definitely not he, seen it. He's so, so good. And he is an incredible actor. For yeah, his uh, age. Like It, uh, it kind of makes sense that he did that um, actor on actors with Chalamet. Because yeah. they're both just They've so, done a couple of things together. They're both so young, but they're like leagues and leagues above where they should be really well since, since we first saw him I always feel like he's a guy that has I was going to say stage presence I don't know what the like is it screen presence uh, you would say yeah charisma film? just charisma screen presence yeah, yeah you can't teach it yeah. He, yeah he commands your attention and I uh-huh. think a, lo- a lot of his subtleties are really good like even in the hypnosis scene yeah his eyes steal the show but his mouth's doing a lot like some of it is technical camera work there are certain ways that you can look with your eyes and you cheat. There's on the camera. There's a thing called a donut, and you don't. If you look at the donut, it's basically the rim around the camera. If you play with that, you can get certain reactions. Um, Michael Caine makes a point of never blinking in a scene because it increases the intensity. But with things like screen presence, you can't really teach it. It's the same as stage presence. I know you don't. You don't go to the theatre that much because you live in Gloucester. But you you can 
go and watch a show and there can be someone on stage that just stands out and they're not doing anything, but it is a charisma, it is a presence. It's really strange. But he has that. He has that X factor. Yeah, he, even like the, the body language he's transmitting, yeah. just, and we're going to speak about that scene in a bit more detail, but there's so yeah. much going on. Without anything going scene. on, it's all internalised. Like, yes, yeah, this, this young career, he's already won an Oscar mm-hmm. in uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, which I watched yeah. just for yeah, him. Yeah, and then I love yeah. reading about Fred Hampton and all of that afterwards. Yeah, yeah. He had a nomination for Get Out, which is quite huge to get an Oscar nom for Get Out in the for context horror. of yeah. what it is. Um, and then same for the Golden Globes too, won one, nominated for one, the same films. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he smashed it. He has smashed it. Um, yeah, there's, I mean... He is Hollywood now, isn't he? Because he he was just a working class lad from Canada. Even, even I, I don't I like, think he's got a family history of acting or anything like that. You, you watch interviews with him, and he just seems Down a to cool earth. guy. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you see him now; he's always with gigs. He went, you know, he did LeBron's podcast not so long back. Have you seen the Chicken Shop date with yeah, yeah. yeah? He he was at the Rock Nation brunch. Like yeah. he mm-hmm. he's just that guy. Yeah, and I've seen some interviews with him where he really makes clear this wasn't an overnight success. Like he, he downplays it. He's like, oh, I've been about man. I've been, I've been about. He, mm. he just a, a small reference with, uh, in the Chalamet interview. He's like, yeah, I actually, I did this scene for this director where I'm having to chat up uh, some Siamese twins. And it's like, and that's Chalamet's like, I've, I've done, I've done some work. Like I've, I've been. Yeah. Here. But then this is, you know, I've got friends that are actors and they are just, scrounging around and they're doing weird as fuck roles but they're they're in work but it's like that even i've done plays and i've looked back and been like that was horrendous why the hell did i do that it's like well because i got paid for three weeks yeah, i i can't speak, i'm sure he's done loads of things yeah i can't speak highly enough about this i think i wish i'd found it sooner this this actors on actors but um, yeah the one with andrew garfield and zendaya they have a small conversation about the, re- the time you know you've made it as an actor is when you get to the point where you're blessed to be able to choose what yeah. you want to do next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew Garfield talks about being paid $2,000 for a Spanish Doritos commercial. Yeah, exactly. And he said, just the feeling of waving that check in his hand is comparable to being cast as Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. But now he can choose and he can be, he does some mad stuff. They call it, um, they call it shit money. So they say that you, so you could do a dog food commercial and it will pay you seven, eight K. And then you can turn down, you know, you can turn down something where you'd have to film for three weeks and it only pays you a thousand. So once you've got that and it's just, it's like shit money, you can just say, yeah, I'm turning that down because of what it is. But you, you have to do the shit gigs before you get the massive ones. It's very, very, very difficult to just become huge. I mean, it, the, the cast from Game of Thrones, I think are outliers. I know like Kit Harrington was on stage, Amelia Clark had done stage and she'd done some um some theatre. Um sorry, um some short films. But to just get cast in something like Game of Thrones and that is very, very unlikely. You need to graft for a little bit. Well this is this is probably a nice little plug for next week. We're doing nineteen seventeen next week, something you can mm. actually go back and listen to. Technically it's been covered before on this podcast. We did it. Keating got ill, Sean was supposed to cover and then backed out and I did a podcast on my own. I oh, think really? like people must have, I think like one person listened to it. And it's basically me speaking for seven minutes about while on 1917. And yeah. I think it was up against uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And I just spoke for 10 minutes about why I like these two films. But what? which one won? Last Crusade, surely. 
I can't. I think no, no I think nineteen seventeen won. Uh, I, I disagree with that. I do like nineteen seventeen. Well, the categories were for adventure and certain things stacked up for adventure. Last Crusade. It may anyhow, not be in Last anyhow, Crusade, anyhow, but yeah. Um, if you look at their careers, the two leading guys in that, they kind of come out of nowhere. And then I was looking yeah. to prepare for next week. They've done like nothing since. They well, they've done things since, but they've not. Blown well, up I know, in the way you would imagine. I know that the lead has done one thing since, and that's Sasha Ronan. Because he, he, he's with her, I believe. Who? The guy, what's, what's your man called? Um, oh, Dasha, Jamie didn't know what you said. Uh, Sasha Ronan, you know, you know who that is. I don't know if I do. She's, yeah, you do. Brooklyn. Well, maybe you don't, but she, she's she's an Irish actor, actress. Oh, maybe I've just seen it spelt different. Is it Have you S-A- seen S A O I R S? Okay, yeah, yeah, I do know who. Um, she's with that lad um, who's the lead in that. Yeah, I, I was just shocked that I thought they would explode it after that. And then they kind of yeah. just kind of peed. Like the one has got like a really side well, the ones role. That, the ones out of Game of Thrones. The yeah, ones. Yeah, um, he's uh, Tom and Braffy. That's it, Tom yeah. and, yeah, yeah. And, Tom and Lannister, whichever way you look at it. And yeah. he's he's got like. Uh, a small part in one of the new like Star Wars TV series, but I would have expected him oh, really? after watching them. Like you're a leading guy, you're a leading guy. Now it doesn't always yeah. work like that, and it doesn't it doesn't always work like that? It's hit and miss sometimes, and that's the why Kaluya I see now says I expected our mate Dan to be flying by now, and he's he's had a couple of jobs, but since um, keep chipping away. Yeah, exactly. Since he played that really really big role, I thought he would be flying, but it'll come. But well, it's about it, finding it takes the right while. director, like um, yeah. Peel's, it's about finding the right role, really. Peel says that to him now, Kaluuya is like uh, his De Niro. His Scorsese mm. to De Niro, he says he loves that. He yeah. Now when he reads a script, it's like, How can or I he writes it? a script, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. well, this is obviously the role that Daniel's got yeah, and then yeah. I'll find everyone else after. Yeah, yeah. I think they deserve great props for the casting just as a whole. Um, the white characters are all perfect in this Um What's she called? Rose. What's she called? The actress. I said it. Is it uh, Alison Williams? Williams. Alison Williams. Williamson. Williams. Alison Williams. I think she's. A, she is my cup of tea. So she came out of. Uh, we speak about kind of ladies on this pod, and you're always saying, "Oh, she's she's beautiful. She's this. She's that. She is my cup of tea. She's gorgeous." She came out of that TV show Girls that was a massive success yeah, on HBO, and then from what I read, they all kind of got shitted on after that show finished really and this was her making a comeback okay well she does that she's she's great in this yeah we'll we'll speak about her in a bit more detail um chrissy's character doesn't work i don't think if it's a recognizable face like for all the success he's had now can you tell me this film's better with michael b jordan in that role no and that would be the most recognizable guy at the time um same with donald glover i think donald glover could play it but and even even if you were Specifically going for a British actor, like John Boyega was the guy at the time, mm. if you were picking a Brit. Weird, isn't it? Because John Boyega's kind of... Um, and Boyega, by the way, got straight at Samuel L. Jackson when he was talking about... Uh, the British Yeah, he, got, he, he said, it's, it's this, isn't, this isn't a battle. Like, why are you, why are you making yeah. this a battle? Boyega's kind of, um, in a weird way, well, in a horrible way, really, he's kind of sank his own career because he fought against Disney. Yeah. And that is, it was all about racism, but I mean... If you go head to head with the mouse, are you going to win? I mean, what's Boyega done? You know, he. I think he probably could have ended up with his own Star Wars spin-off series the way that they're churning them out. 
but um, yeah, at the same the- time, he's always stuck to what he believes in. You just think fair fucks. Because I think Boyega and um, Kaluuya, they're from very similar backgrounds. Do you in, see Ray's coming sense. back? They've made like a whole yeah, new yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know. Three more spin-offs, I know, I know. But I think they're from very similar backgrounds. But you look at Kaluuya has Sword and Boyega. I haven't seen him in any Did you ever watch uh, Detroit? Because Boy- uh, Boyega was in that with... Um, no. What is this? Is really disrespectful because he's really good as well. You know the kid. If you type in eyebrows, kid, it comes up with him. Will Poulter. Yeah, yeah. He's he's in that and yeah. as a villain in that actually. Mm. Um, mm. Will Poulter is going to be huge as well though because he well, he already is. I think he's, I feel bad. I did, I'd forgotten. Yeah, his name yeah. Then, no, because I could have told um, you before I'd even just said he's it. He's done. He's done quite niche. He's done Black Mirror, and that was really yeah, good. Yeah. But um, when that new Marvel film comes out, he's playing Adam Warlock, isn't he? And that's just going to make him insanely massive in Hollywood. So. Well, unless Marvel's just dipped at the wrong time. Yeah, but not Guardians. Guardians films have been are pretty you, good. Are you back for that? Because I'm seeing that opening night. Yeah. May oh, 3rd. May the 3rd? Yeah. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. So I, don't know I don't know what I'm doing next week, let alone um, May 3rd. Yeah, even the side characters in this. Betty Gabriel as uh, Georgina the Maid, uh, mm. Laura Howery as Rod, Marcus Henderson as Walter, the whole way through. like yeah. In terms of recasting, it would be tough to recast anyone in this. I think it's like top to bottom. It's just smashed it. Yeah, I agree. This movie was filmed in 23 days. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that doesn't, I don't, that doesn't surprise me, I don't think. Because it's not, it takes a long time to set up they had to Action change location shock. like a week before shooting as well. Well, that they wanted to do it in LA, and then yeah. the budget they weren't couldn't work being with given it. the budget, so uh, they went um, to Alabama, which is what they were trying to avoid doing. So they had to make Alabama not look like Alabama. There's no, there's no crazy, crazy shots in it. The, the craziest shot is the sunken place. Which what, was that filmed at Pinewood? I'm guessing that was filmed at Pinewood. You said about crazy shots in it. Mm. I would describe the camera work in this as clever would be what I would say. Okay. What yeah. you saying there's there's nothing kind of there's suggestive nothing, there's nothing that's- there's no need for like rigging or or anything like that it's all just very very stationary cameras. Oh, I don't know. I, there's there's some parts in this I've I've got down that I think is very Well we'll wild. get on to that. Yeah. But the the iconic shot is the sunken place shot but yeah. that is definitely filmed underwater. I'm assuming that's filmed at Pinewood. But no. I don't, I don't know. Okay. Um, don't ever shake your head at me, Luke Byron. What do you mean? <laughs> Shaking my head as in, I don't know. Um, throw me off, throw me off uh, <laughs> for a loop there. And I didn't like that. I had a good thought in my head as well. Can't have been that good. Oh, yeah. So part of the, the script writing process and why it took a while to get to this point as well was he had the idea and eventually he speaks to a studio guy and yeah. he's talking about something else and he yeah. says I'm just going to tell you my idea just so I think you'll get a kick out of it but I understand this isn't going to be something you're going to make yeah he tells him it and he's like don't even tell me anything else that's absolutely what we're doing and going through the process then of getting this over the line he said he's had people constantly saying but why is there not more comedy in it and he's like well because I'm not doing a comedy mm. and all these people are saying well we're not back in Jordan Peele to do a horror we're back in you to do a comedy can you add yeah. some more comedy into it yeah. and he said it actually really helped because he was able to streamline everyone involved in the film but just within one conversation he could see whether they believed in his vision and mm-hmm. if you didn't it would see you later yeah 
Sometimes you kind of need haters, don't you? Haters we, isn't the right word, but no. you need someone to motivate well, he you. He was grappling for a while as to how funny to make this. And there is funny moments in the film, obviously. The comedy comes from his friend, mainly. But he said it, it wouldn't it wouldn't have worked if it was a comedy the whole way through. His message wouldn't, no. wouldn't have got out because you wouldn't no. have taken it seriously. You'd have laughed the whole way through. It was supposed to create some uncomfortable conversations. Well, it does that. Let's uh, let's look at some of the best scenes. Yeah. If we start with the sunken place, as we referenced it already. How do you feel now? I can't move. You can't move. Why can't I move? You're paralyzed. Just like that day when you did nothing. You did nothing. Now... Sink into the floor. Wait, 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 wait. Sink. Chris going outside to smoke and the gardener just sprinting at him mm-hmm. is so good. Yeah. For, for this to be Peel's first time directing a horror film, I think makes this so much better. Like the way it's set up both as a POV shot, like looking out into what is seemingly nothingness until Marcus appears. Well, you get the jump scare where he, he goes out for the cigarette and he's creeping around. And that this is where it is proper horror because you have Georgina sneak past. And as she sneaks past in the background, you hear that like clash of piano keys. She is. So that, that gets you immediately. And then you're on edge. And then you kind of think he's outside. What's going to happen next? And that guy is just tanking towards him. Yeah, and... I don't know if it's the right word. I thought that the depth of the shot is so good. And so you really feel he's charging at you. Yeah. Like from memory, they shift to like an angled shot where you can gauge that he's literally charging at Chris. Well, and then he just makes that sharp turn late. Yeah. You get the, um, there's a very long over the shoulder shot when, when he, um, when Chris is first introduced to the parents, you have that big luscious house kind of spread out wide. And you have this over the... You just sneeze. No, I just, yeah. I just I didn't want to uh, like blow my mic. nose into the mic. You have the long um, kind of over-the-shoulder shot. And it's from the, the groundskeeper. What's he called? Ron, is it? Walter. Walter, sorry. Over his um, shoulder. And then it kind of pans out. And then you see like the grandesque nature of the house. And then it just, as it keeps panning out, panning out, panning out, you have him just stood there staring. And that is quite good at establishing that something is not right here. Yeah. Like this one guy is just staring menacingly. That, That's a really nice shot to establish things. That scene of him sprinting. Yeah. Every single time hmm. I'm letting the cat in at night, I wonder <laughs> if someone suddenly started charging from the bottom of the garden, would I clock it and would I get the door closed in time? Yeah. Did, did you ever see those uh, Halloween challenges that were posted on social media? Because no. everyone always says when they see like the Mike Myers films or whatever. I saw the um, there was that trend where clowns were going around with like chainsaws and shit. I think that was a whole that was a whole other thing. This was yeah. people would always say, "How do they not just get the door open?" They always drop their keys or whatever. Oh yeah, and it would yeah. be someone, yeah. and they would start like a hundred meters away, mm. and they've got to sprint to the door, get the door open, and close. Oh yeah, I did at see the same these. time someone is yeah, walking at Mike Myers' pace, yeah. and it obviously it wasn't as easy as people were yeah, making up. People forget. The whole thing with fear as well. Did you um have you ever seen the dinosaur pranks? 
where there's like people dressed up as dinosaurs in like quite convincing like raptor um costumes and then they just run at people and people just drop to the floor <laughs> and just immediately go into fetal position because you just it's fight or flight isn't it you just panic like i saw uh brad pitt say the time when he knew just how famous he was was when he had a full face dinosaur mask on and someone recognized him mm, yeah and he was like yeah this is I can't even go out yeah, with my face covered yeah. and people still know who I am. Leonardo DiCaprio goes out in disguises, doesn't he? There's like photos of him on uh, Google where he's like in like ridiculous disguises. I know Michael Jackson used to do it as well. There's other ones of him where he thinks that he's like in a film where if he just puts like a flat cap on and just yeah. lowers the brim slightly, the people are going to... He'll get away with it. No, that's not Leo. No. <laughs> that can't be it him. can't be him. Before he even gets back in the house, you've got the jump scare again of uh, Georgina being in the window. And they also yeah. do that later on when she clocks him looking at her through the camera, which is always one of them where you're waiting for them to turn around and you even jump she a bit. She looks so menacing as well. Why are we, I mean, why are we jumping straight to these scenes though? I thought you liked to go in order. Well, we're not just going to, we're just speaking about the best scenes and then we've got things to talk about it kind of as a, a larger point. There's some of, there's some of the very interesting stuff that happens. Yeah, I mean, well, there's nothing. Uh, we'll circle we'll back. Cover. We'll circle back. Then he's jumped by the mother when he gets through the front door. Do you realize how dangerous smoking is? With the irony that she is literally trying to slice the top of his head off <laughs> for some surgical <laughs> procedure. In terms of the symbolism in this, uh, Keenan used to complain about my media studies. Uh, no, it's good. I love spots. it. I'm all for it. The idea that she controls her subject with a silver spoon is obviously yep. like the, the, the privileged side of things. Yep. His expressions in this scene from start to finish, the initial like cheeky skepticism when she asks if he wants to know how it works, the yeah. nervous smiles are really good. The light, as you referenced it, the light reflecting from his eyes as he starts to cry mm. and he's scratching away at the seats and he's kind of just trembling. Mm. And then when she says, now sink into the floor, as he says, no, no, no. You're, I mean, you're just all in at that point. I wonder how long it took to film that scene because I feel like that would have taken a few days to film that because he he's an incredible actor, but like the absolute conveyor belt of emotions that he shows in that you I don't think you can get that in just three or four takes he, he said he had to hype himself up for that yeah. and he said that's one that he's dreading like he's yeah, seen yeah, it on yeah. the script yeah. and he said on set if you wear headphones people still feel like if you then take that headphone out you can talk then they him. can approach you yeah. he said he just sits there bare faced doesn't just ignores everyone mm. and that tells everyone more I'm in the zone here. Do not yeah, disturb leave, me. Yeah, leave me alone. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, it's a it's a craft. Acting is a craft. Well, he, he said the the thing that took him out of it was they're about to start filming the scene, and he said he can see how excited Jordan Peele is behind the camera, and he says to him, "I don't want to let you down." Yeah. No, he said this is so iconic. Peele said that to him, mm. like this this is going to be so iconic mm. Mm. because you have to you have to have bought into the film, you have to be bought into him and his character. I think to accept the idea of the sunken place. And we'll speak a bit more about the sci-fi and your thoughts on that. Yeah. But I think if you do that any earlier in the film, the idea of him kind of actually sinking in, the raindrops coming in his ear and him kind of looking up at what's kind of a TV screen Mm. in just nothingness. Yeah. It's like he's fallen down a hole. I think you, you, there's a chance you'd laugh at it. I guess so. But there's, I mean, there's other things that have gone on that, kind of pepper it up 
before them, which makes you feel like something uneasy is going on. Like I said, with that opening shot with a black guy staring at the white family meeting another black guy, that immediately puts you on edge. There's a, um, when he first gets the tour of the house, um, uh, the dad, the dad says, the basement, we had to seal it up, got some black mould down there. Yeah, yeah. And that quote... He's hammering it home. Yeah, but that that quote, when I, you know, when I first watched the film, you, you don't think anything of it. You do genuinely think there's black mould down there. But then that, the saying black mould, and this is very media studies, is like... Does it mean? Does he mean black mold as in black people are just mold, like they're they're dirt, or does he mean like black mold as in it's a person I'm going to mold? I think just even the way he accentuates the word black. I think yeah. there's there's things that Jordan Peele's spoken about. So when he's talking about deer, there's a certain type of deer that was an analogy for uh, black yeah. people. Like and way then back. the deer is what ends up being the dad's the dad's death because he sp- yeah. he says yeah. um, that's that's I like when things like that he's happen. like one out of a hundred thousand when I see a deer on the road I'm glad sort of yeah. thing and that's that's him talking about black people isn't it yeah, although at the same time the family also has a kind of weird admiration slash obsession with black people it's all well, very that's, that's, very strange so, well we're about to speak about yeah. the, the the party scene but but the um that the basement comment I just because when I rewatched it yesterday I clocked it I was like shit like even the word mold is like mold is in spores or mold is in a blank canvas sort of thing. Yeah, it's, 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 it's very, clever. It's really clever. What are your thoughts on the presentation of the sunken place? Like, it can be very easy for some people to dip out when when things become supernatural. Like, yeah, we spoke about in Cloverfield the the presentation of the monster is so important, and that's yeah. why it worked hiding it for so long. Yeah, I think it really works. I don't think there's anything corny about it. There's nothing cheesy. It's not like. Um, it's not like it's cartoonistic, you know, when he's falling. Because it is, it's shot in water, isn't it? It's definitely water. So he's, I, think he they, I think they had him floating instead. Well, so yeah. They, yeah. they had so him he's, on a Yeah, so harness. he is sinking. Um, you don't even, you don't, I mean, do you believe it? Like, like literally, do you believe that that's what's actually going through his mind? Or do you just think it's, it's symbolic? Or I mean, it, it, it leaves space it, to be interpreted, doesn't it? It works more when you get the idea that they're kind of deeper trapped. within, uh, trapped within like their, their own, own brain kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I uh, mean, I, I just think it works. I, I can, I guess, I can see why some people would roll their eyes and be like, "This is a bit wanky," but jo- it is good. Jordan Peele said, "The sunken place means we're marginalised. No matter how hard we scream, the system silences us." Mm. Well, if that's his opinion and that's his direction what we can't comment on that because we're two white lads no. well, we've literally never experienced that hey how you doing <laughs> so how handsome is he i'm are you handsome? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh not bad hey nielsen <sighs> so is it true is it better well well Wow. Fairer skin has been in favor for the past, what, couple of hundreds of years? But now the pendulum is swung back. Black is in fashion. In terms of the party, and I mean, as you've just referenced him, kind of going around. Yeah. As mentioned earlier, I think this scene's super important to just show that the racism was more than these guys you see on the news um, with skinheads and all of this. Mm-hmm. Because not one person in this scene thinks they're being racist. They speak in a way where they almost feel they're being complimentary. 
and yeah. they're entirely unaware of how uncomfortable they're making him feel. Yeah. He's already had the comments about his physical form at the dinner table. You'd be a beast. He's being yeah. asked about the power in his golf swing, how athletic he is. His girlfriend is asked whether things are better by that old woman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He's asked what the positives are in America. Um, he's told that he's in fashion now. Mm. Um, it's crazy, isn't it? And the only guy that he thinks is seeing more than his colour is the guy that ultimately wants his eyes. Mm. So that's yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. There. It's crazy. I mean, it's something that we, you and I literally can't, um, can't comment on. I mean, I've, I've met girlfriends parents and stuff and it's a fucking nerve-wracking thing like especially if you really like the girl and you meet her parents it's really really nerve-wracking but I've never had to go and meet a girl's parents and then be like oh I hope they don't mind the color of my skin like that's insane but that is like you know I mean clearly that is a reality to to black people I guess I mean I don't know it's difficult we can't comment on it when we've we've never had to think about the colour of our skin ever he he approaches the only other black man at the function and says good to see another brother around here and this kind of Twilight Zone style music like twinkles in to just to drive home again there's something not right here he's great as well um who is that actor Lakeith Stanfield he's really good he's in Uncut Gems he's really good yeah see I've not seen Uncut Gems I'm, I, I've told you about my feelings for Adam Sandler. That is the best Sandler performance of all time. I probably should watch it because I've heard good things. But um, he's, have you, have you seen he's good really good. Like yeah. the Safties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you should definitely watch it then. Oh, is it the same director? It's the Safties, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll watch it, yeah. Hell of a film. I'd love we, to cover that film. We we did it in the last bracket, yeah. All right, okay. Well. Uh, I, I did a whole, like, speech in the last episode about Saying that how he didn't like it no about how it's the film of the 128 that we'd just done that impressed me the most that I'd not seen before and yeah 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 loved everything Panson's fantastic in that film well the, the guy he taps on has got this kind of Stepwood Wives style vibe coupled with Chris's confusion at this 26 year old guy having a 60 plus year old white yeah. partner yeah and the scene ends with the fist bump attempts and it gets shaken and yeah. again, we're supposed to be like, what's yeah. going on here? Yeah. So the scene when Chris comes back to find that his phone has been unplugged. Yeah. All I know is sometimes, but if there's too many white people, I get nervous, you know. something that's not my experience not at all this did you see this at the cinema no so this this was so so unnerving in in the cinema and this is where i actually think the best camera work in the film is like it's her smile in this scene and when she comes back and explains what's happened well just really whatever this is done in horror like a smile in a situation it shouldn't be it's like the physical embodiment of the stuck in the middle with you playing in Reservoir Dogs <laughs> yeah like it's incredibly unsettling whenever it's daylight in a creepy scene as well I think it actually adds something because for so long as kids we would only consider that these bad things only happened when it's in the dark and mm. so when that then transfers over into broad daylight, mm. white walls, it's about as bright as this scene could be. <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. 
No, that's a good point. I didn't think of that. And like, she stood in the doorway blocking the only exit. She's this tiny, slightly older woman that he could really overpower if he wanted to, but her aura alone is like diminishing him. I mean, the thing is, it's almost suit. like the, the horror in this film is hiding in plain sight. They're literally displaying yeah. these black people that they're, they're on display. And then again, like, like the sprinting scene, the, the depth in this scene is brilliant. The, the close up of her face and the camera almost backs off slightly as she steps forward, like it's flinching away from her, mm. but not far enough that she isn't stepping to fill the frame even more. Like we're aware she's getting closer to Chris and he actually s- leans forward himself in the shot and the camera holds entirely still. It's like the opposite effect. Like he yeah. isn't the antagonist in this situation. Yeah. The, it's a weird one with her though because it's well, I mean we can we can say spoilers in this pod can't we yeah yeah yes. obviously um, she's the I mean she is the grandma isn't she yeah so that's she doesn't understand snitch or rat you out so is it just the fact that the grandma's just an absolute freak or is it the well, she's trying to or is it the Georgina that is hidden within that's kind well, of so, coming out so the camera Gets, she starts crying, doesn't she? Yeah, the camera gets closer to both of their faces as the conversation continues. And you often get like shots at a dinner table, like in a conversation where it's over the shoulder of each person. We had to do this in our first ever media lesson as a continuity exercise, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but in this, as she steps forward, these shots are just squeezing in. Like, it's really clever. It makes it claustrophobic in an open room. Mm-hmm. She never breaks eye contact either. It's just this intense gaze at him. And when she starts laughing while her eyes are welling up, I'm just cooked at that point. Like this is probably the scariest shot of the movie. Shout out to Betty Gabriel for what she does in the small part she has. Yeah, it's an incredible performance. It's an incredible 10 seconds of acting that. The fact that she can cry as Georgina and smile as the grandma and show this like internal fight between the two on her face, and mm. we don't even know what's going on. Yeah. Is insane. Yeah, that's, that's the just thing. Insane you, I talent. Mean, he he says, "Bitch is crazy." Yeah. That's that's his only comment. But then when you're watching it, you're kind of thinking the same thing because for the for a first time watcher, although it's just been spoiled, you're you're not knowing what is going on, and it is it is that's, like it's so talented because I went into this film with no um, preconceptions of what the hell happened so like <coughs> even like even now I'm a little bit like you're trying to think what part of Georgina is Georgina what part is the grandma yeah, well, it's it's a strange one when she says it's a really strange one no 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 because he says you know too many too many white people I get uncomfortable yeah I don't know if her saying that is supposed to mirror what he said when he was going into the sunken place, because that's his last words. He says, no, 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 and, no, then no. He, yeah. and then she says, the Armitages are very good to us. They treat us like family. And that's one of them on a rewatch is rewarding yeah. because you know, yeah. it is literally family. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's an interesting one. I'd, yeah. I'd have to, I'd have to go back and rewatch that scene with different kind of yeah. takes on it. But I think, I think the whole the whole concept is of being someone trapped within someone else is is a really really interesting thing to play with because you never really know who the character is. It's like if 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 a soul exists, whose soul is in that body? You know, it's it's a really cool thing to play with as so, a filmmaker. 
so one of the main questions that Jordan Peele has asked is why didn't he just get out? And Peele said that the only scene that Kaluuya struggled with was the one by the lake when Chris gonna, and Rose stopped to talk. Exactly, yeah. It's the power of love, bro. So he says, they were under pressure to film quickly because the sun was going down and Kaluuya couldn't understand the character's motivations in not just immediately leaving mm. and running for his life. Also, his friend has explained what's going on. Uh, no, not at this point. That gets overlooked, no? No. Does he not after, say it before? They go back up to the room and then he says- Sex lives! Yeah. Well, no, he's 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 made the joke about that, but he's not clocked that this guy was missing and... Oh, no, no. Yeah, I'm not talking about that, where, he's, where he says it pretty he straight He basically up. said, like, get out of there. Like. Yeah, but he he's kind of jokingly explained what is going yeah. on, but because he said it in a joking manner, Chris just doesn't buy it at all. Well, he, he'd had... He'd been screamed at by Andre to get out at this point, which is when he's going to... He's asking, basically. Yeah. And Peel explained that Rose had become like family to Chris, who was still haunted by the guilt over his mother's death. And he needed to prove to himself and her that he was not a man who would abandon his family. Mm-hmm. And then Kalu was able to just nail the scene. Initially, yeah. this scene was Chris saying he wants to leave and Rose convinces him to stay. And after playing it out, Peel realised that it would just ruin the twist for the audience as we'd all clock on that she was in on it when yeah. she's saying, no, no, you have to stay, you have to stay. There's subtle hints as to her being the baddie, though. Which yeah. have you picked up with your media eye? Well, what yeah, dressed, I've got a whole segment off. What they're dressed in? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he said it needed to be her basically saying that we can leave and manipulating him to say no, we'll stay yeah, rather than the other way around because it would have blown the cover. Yeah, she's. We need to talk about her. She seems so in love with him. Her her very very first introduction, her first appearance is her going off some coffee shop, getting food for them. She comes to his door. She has her hands full, goes to his apartment door, knocks it with her head. He opens it and kisses her. And then when he kisses her, you've got Childish Gambino. Redbone. Yeah, exactly. Playing in the background. I've had that on repeat all week. It's a hell of a song. And yeah, you do need to be staying woke out here. He basically- they do be creeping. He showed the film to Childish Gambino. He liked it. Yeah, and then said, "Look, can I use this song?" He said he needed something where they needed to be able to put a staple in time as to when this was. And yeah. Redbone came out three weeks prior to the film's release, so he basically had a slot like a song's going to be in here. Redbone just—it sounds like a Luther Vandross song. <coughs> it's it's so it's such a good. Song. He he's just the genius as well with the the difference. He, he's probably the closest to Kanye in terms of being able to manipulate and change his sound as his projects have gone on. Who Gambino? Yeah, yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, um, hell of an actor as well. There's nothing he can't do really. So in terms of what you've said, that follows on to the where she's we such a good she's she's such a good actor within a film. Yeah, when we get the reveal of the twist, so Rod works out that the. The guy from the party was Andre. Yeah. Dre. Yeah. Chris Dre, Yeah. Chris tells Rose they have to leave now. And then the classic horror movie, let me just check this door that's been left ajar. Yeah. So that's, a, yeah. But that jaw. Let me ask you a question jaw, on this. Sorry, that door. Yeah, go on. Go on, go on, go on. Did you take this upon reflection as her accidentally leaving that open? Or is this whole last segment a case of her like playing with her prey? I was going to ask you the same thing because is is the door left open 
He's in that room for at least a night prior, isn't he? Yeah, the door isn't open. Oh, first. it's not open no. prior. Okay. Um, They're packing, basically, and she's left that open. Is she playing with her prey? Yeah, probably. Probably. She's a sadistic freak. <laughs> yeah, probably. And then... When she's they, the most evil character oh, in this film. When they get down and he's... So him... him going through the pictures anyway. Mm. Um, Had you worked it out by then on your I, first watching? First watch. The only one that I hadn't worked out was um, Georgina threw me off. <laughs> I, I was, I hadn't worked out, like, I, I worked out that obviously there was something wrong with these people that are working at the house. I'd what? worked out the family were uneasy, but part of me- I'd worked out that it was basically, they were bidding on slaves is what I'm yeah, going to say. So because they're, you know, they're in the, the garden. Cards, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'd, uh, but I hadn't worked out Georgina. I knew going in, I'm glad this doesn't happen so much anymore. I, I would hate films being promoted with, there's a big twist in this film. You hate spoilers. If I've watched a film, which I know that you're like, I won't tell you anything about it oh. because if I tell you anything, it gets on your nerves. I actually don't like even people telling me you're going to like this film. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. <laughs> but I say nothing about it. Like, Which, I say nothing about it. I watched it. Uh, Air at a cinema last night, by the way. Air? Have you not seen this up? The new Affleck, Damon one. No, no. That's so it. good. Uh, I, I, I don't think, I don't think you dislike it, but so much of it is, uh, there's like references you wouldn't pick up mm. about basketball and things. Mm. But, so when we did the founder pod, yeah, and I said things like I would like for them to have something like you know, three buns and a burger that would never work because mm. we know now the Big Mac is like the biggest thing in the world. Uh, this yeah. film is this <laughs> film biggest is thing in the world. Well, is it? It's a big. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows what a Big Mac is. Yeah, it's true. It's um, true. This film is about Nike signing Michael Jordan and then the birth of the Air Jordan shoe. Mm. And so there's a scene in there where they say, we want to call it Air Jordan. And Affleck's character is like, I'm not sure about the name. And it's one of them just little winks at us to say, Mm. obviously this is going to be a great name. Mm. Him going down the stairs. Oh, so in terms of working out, that's where I was. Uh, Part of me thought it had become too likely for that to be because I knew there was a twist. And I well, thought it was going to be the obvious twist and then you're going to flip it on me. It's very easy when watching this film to forget the opening scene. Who That is Andre. Yeah, that's that's yeah, Andre yeah, at the start. Yeah. Very easy to forget that that's what happens to him because <sighs> he just gets jumped and he just gets taken. So you you kind of immediately you immediately know that this film, there's something, you know... So she just couldn't be bothered to charm. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. <laughs> so you know that there's something untowards about it, but that one is done... So drastically compared to the absolute one fucking gaslight. That one of my Chris few questions would be: If it's that easy, do they really need to do like a five month? Unless she just enjoys that because she has her pictures up like uh, trophies. Yeah, they show the deer on the wall many times, don't they? And mm-hmm. then she has the same. Like <laughs> she's the scariest when she's. I don't know if this is in your notes for later on, but she's the scariest when she's sat in her room eating. Is they're not Cheerios, they're an American Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops, there you go. Eating Fruit Loops separately, yeah. separately, and then drinking milk through a straw. <laughs> yeah. That is psychopath behavior, and she looks terrifying. So, this is the girl that at the start, uh, she is gorgeous, she's exactly what I would go for in a girl. And then by the end, I'm like, oh my god, she's the scariest looking person I've ever seen. He said, he said the toughest thing to do was in the audition process, yeah. 
he could have people that could play rows one and mm. he could have people that could play rows two Not but both. there was no one that could blend it and have the quite seeming like transition from one to the other yeah. because in this yeah. he's coming down and when he he knows that she's in on it after he's seen the pictures yeah that and I listen yeah, to yeah that, and that scene's done so well and then he's clinging on to hope Rose where are the keys he's clinging on to the hope but he knows he knows well there's a reason she knew all about yeah black history and yeah. you know all yeah. these things because yeah. she, she's got plenty of experience and- exactly and she straight up tells him that she's never been with a black guy before as well doesn't she at the start of the film yeah and, well, she, uh, no, and she says that she's never introduced a black guy to yeah. her family so he immediately knows I listened, that's bullshit I listened to a podcast speaking about Get Out and there was a a black a journalist on there yeah. and he, he was saying one of the worst fears of uh, like a black male with a white girlfriend is you want them to like you and not just have like a fetish basically. And yeah. So seeing that, that would even be a fear enough that, oh, this isn't good. She's kept yeah. this from me the whole time. And yeah. then when you see Georgina is the last picture, it's like, oh God, fuck's sake. we're in big trouble here. Yeah, fuck's sake. Gets down and he knows at that point she's not giving him the keys. That's when he says, uh, when he, he says, you can't find the keys, we'll find the keys on the movement. And like, and just, yeah. yeah, and he's going, oh, man, give me, give me the keys. We are the gods trapped in cocoons. Rose. I don't know where they are. Rose? Rose! Rose, give me those keys! Rose, give me, give me those keys. Rose, now! Now, the keys! Oh, 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 be careful, bro. What the fuck? I didn't do anything. What the fuck is going on? Where are those keys, Rose? You know I can't give you the keys, right, babe? Give me, it's, the keys, it's give me the keys. It's shot so well because you just you just want to be there and just you want to just kind of drag him out, don't you? Just well, save him. They they start closing in. The brother is armed with a lacrosse stick, mm. which is, I guess, another sign of privilege. I would assume. Yeah. That the mother well mm, walks yeah. out armed with her teacup like a weapon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I know. The I know. dad has gone full Bond villain speaking He's into staring, the fireplace. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's just leaning into the fire, staring at him. What does he say? What does, he says, what, what is does your power? purpose, Chris, oh, in What's life? Your he says something yeah. like, we are we are the demigods or something. We are the gods trapped in a cocoon <laughs> yeah. or something like that. He... he He's been wait- yeah. he's got had that speech rehearsed. He's a new- do you know what? he's a neurosurgeon. Um so, do you know what surgeons are like that? I I worked with this um endoscopy surgeon once, endoscopy doctor, colonoscopist, whatever you want to call him. And he said that the only difference between him and God is that God doesn't leave scars. That was his quote. I'm not going to say his name because it's liable, but that was the only difference. He said that the only difference between him and God was that God doesn't leave scars. And when he said that, I rolled my eyes about 18,000 times whilst this person had a camera up their ass. So maybe the, the, the thing that made me laugh the most in this film is um, that the, the brother is the anaesthetist. Mm. This guy is mental the whole No, film. wait, 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 wait. We'll get on to that. We'll get on to yeah, that. Yeah. I have some... Uh, there's not many flaws about this film, but that surgery, there there are flaws because there, there are ridiculous things. One, the surgery starts and he's not even in the room. <laughs> he's um, he's playing the like, ukulele, isn't he? On yeah, the way yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like they are just taunting him at that yeah. point. Um, 
when he's just shouting, where are the keys? Where are the keys? Mm. And her face does, um, you know, like them uh, PowerPoint transitions you would get. They just like slide. You know, we have the one that slides down the page and her expression like slides down. Yeah. They're here, babe. Yeah. Uh, he said, you know, I can't give you those keys right, babe. So yeah, yeah. And then her putting her hair in a ponytail is spooky because she's really like a new person. It's like... And it's usually a good sign when girls do that. I wrote down, it's like the curtains have been pulled back, so to speak. Like we're now seeing the real Rose in this instance. Yeah, she does look very different when that fringe is back. She looks uh, like paler as well. The lights are like above her, like down her face. The laptop's shining. Yeah, they definitely like change the makeup and stuff, but she looks like a completely different person. And that's his... um, She looks almost like porcelain. Co-star, whatever you want to call it, from Mm. uh, Key and Peele when... And he's in she's in a pure white shirt at that point. That well. was like, if you were ever in diet media studies, you just said pure white yep. uh, virgin. And yep. the teacher was like, oh my God, I can't yep. believe someone said this. Yep. Um, her looking up top NCAA athletes, by the way, is the most surefire way to get them caught. So she was just getting greedy at that point. Because yeah. that's like the top college athletes in America. Mm-hmm. And college athletes here college athletes in America play in 100,000 seater stadiums mm, mm. Um, just a couple of questions for you the sci-fi so initially when Chris is tied up he was going to be tortured by just uh, one song on repeat uh, okay it was going to be You've Got a Friend by James Taylor I don't know if you know the song I'm just, I'm just you, you say You've Got a cool out mine you know the song because I, mm-hmm. I don't want to sing much more and no. you know where I am. Oh, come running. Uh, to see you again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. But just so people know, I'm bad voice at the moment. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. You said you've got a friend and I just hear it in me. Yeah, right? so I, I <laughs> yeah. literally listened to it earlier to check. It, yeah. wasn't, it yeah. wasn't that song. They couldn't afford the rights, so they replaced it with this um, infomercial. Mm. Does it work for you? Did you question why on earth they made it? No. Did it feel too much like a Bond villain laying out his plan before he presses the timer no. and leaves the room? See, this is where, for me, again, we've already spoke about the operation. This is where the film sort of starts to, I'm not going to say fall apart, but things start to unfread a little bit because if they are this well-equipped that they can have a theatre in their house, <laughs> they can definitely have a camera set up in that room where they are keeping an eye on Chris. I'm, I'm sure they're not... Well, I guess they think all they have to do is tap the teacup. Yeah, I know, but I'm sure but they're not that confident. I mean, has it always worked 100%? Are they that confident that all they have to do is tap a teacup and this person I will think there are be some under kind their of spell? Horror tropes we have to accept. Usually if there's cameras, then it's to be used to the advantage or like it has to have a part of the storyline. With this, yeah, they, they have this grand manner and there's yeah. not a camera anywhere. So we just yeah. kind of have to ex- accept that, I guess. I mean, you have to, when you watch a film, that there, there has to be a little bit of give where you're like, okay. It's also being run by incredibly is, old people. Like, yeah, everyone is running film. the house. Is like, yeah, I know, old. but they, they've got a fucking surgery in their house. Yeah. Like that. Also, whilst, um, whilst the surgery is going on, by the way, that is when Rose is upstairs searching for her next victim, yep. eating Fruit Loops and drinking milk. That's, victims up on the wall. That's awful. Yep. That is horrendous. Like she's just thinking in her head, Chris is getting cut apart right now. That's so bad. That's awful. Um, they went. They went heavy with the themes and the messaging here. Peel said they literally changed the chair so Chris had to pick cotton to get out of the situation. 
Oh, yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, yeah. For s- some ask how he got it in his ear. So that's quite literally why they show you him leaning down to try and bite it to yeah. start with. So yeah. anyone questioning that? Yeah. There you go. Um, let's let's talk about the surgery. It's um, very, very <laughs> odd that he starts an operation without him in the room. I also hate that he is wearing sterile gloves yeah, and I then he pulls the he pulls his mask up. That's so frustrating to me. That's so frustrating because this guy is a neurosurgeon, right? Like there's certain things that you just would not do. And that that I hate stuff like that because it's such a good film, but there's just little things I'm like, Argh. On the other hand, I said about uh, the infomercial and things and why mm. would they basically allow this evidence to be there? Is yeah. it, on the other hand, a sign of arrogance how comfortable they were how yeah. easy this was yeah i guess i just i just think that they would have had a camera in that room and they would have yeah been I'm, I'm talking it. about just playing but, the I mean, film it it's to it it's to kind of the whole point in that is to kind of spoon feed the plot to the audience that haven't worked it out right you have your man well, they, they actually do explain the coagula and they explain everything we don't know that at that point we don't know they they're explain everything. that's another thing actually, that's putting... another thing that I thought could have been um, the name of the film I thought if they hadn't decided on Get Out it could have been called Over the Sunken Place or it could have been called Coagula because if you go into a like... film called Coagula you don't know what the fuck you're no, and I think Get Out I think you do need to know like, the, the poster for this is incredible yeah the poster here is great yeah. uh, it is great um, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, it is a little bit, it is a little bit forced, but at the same time, not overly in the sense of, do, no, you, ex- no. do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. <laughs> but he does look so defeated. He looks so defeated when he, he's, he's just like lent back in the chair and he's just like, I'm fucked. I've fucked yeah. this. Uh, a couple of things about the foreshadowing in the film. We, we used yeah. to speak about one of the most fun things about uh, a film with a twist mm. was to go back and see the clues they would give you. Yep. And Peel said one of the things he really liked was going back in and sprinkling in these little things to reward rewatchability. Yeah, there's all the way through there is little... So Rose hits. isn't sticking up for Chris when she argues with the police officer about showing identification. She's avoiding a paper trail. Had the cops run both their licenses, there would be a record that Chris and Rose were together before his disappearance. Clever, yeah. Another clue that something is off is when the guests arrive for the party, they were all greeted with hugs by the groundskeeper, Walter. This is because the guests know that this is actually Roman Armitage, the father of Dean. Mm. Yeah. On the tour, Dean remarks, we hired Georgina and Walter to help care for my parents. When they died, I couldn't bear to let them go. Yeah. When the guests are at the auction and they're uh, sizing up Chris to fulfill their own desires... The Asian man asks if it's more or less advantageous to be a black man in America. This is because as an Asian immigrant, the bidder probably faces his own discrimination and he's trying to size up whether it's better or yeah, worse for him yeah, to go I'll, to that point. Yeah, I worked that one out. Um, and then again, when Chris is being prepped for surgery, <laughs> we've got the uh, photographs on the wall mm. hung like deer. Yep. I love the fact that the father gets killed by that deer head. It's so good. His death scene is so satisfying, isn't yeah. it? Little so thing about satisfying. Rod, mm. because he's in there mainly for comedic value, but Peel referenced the Scream franchise mm. as an influence for the character and how they're some of the most realistic horror movies because everyone in the film is aware of the standard horror movie tropes. So rather than acting like they don't exist in that reality, you acknowledge he said, them. 
I took a cue from that with the character of Rod. So we can have a character that expresses what the audience wishes somebody would really say. Yeah. And that wouldn't be breaking the reality. It would actually be grounding it. Yeah. 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 He's great. He's my MVP. He went on one of those shows. I think it was Conan. Mm. And he he didn't get an invite to the Oscars. He wasn't considered a big enough character to get Fuck an invite. Man, he's my MVP. And Conan said to him, I think it was Conan or Fallon or one of these. Yeah, yeah. You're a big guy in this movie. I'm hosting it. Yeah. You don't have to. I'm, you'll be there. Good. I'll Love be that. getting you in. Love that. Um, that was probably Fallon, wasn't it? Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, it was one of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fair fucks. The ending of this film. So if there's any criticism about this film, it's that there's too much of a happy ending. In the original ending... It depends what your class is happy. So in the original ending... Chris is arrested by the police after strangling mm. Rose. Yep. Instead of rescuing Chris, Rod meets him in jail and asks for information about the Armitage family to investigate. Chris insists that he'd stop them and everything is fine. Peel intended this ending to reflect the realities of racism. Yeah. By the time production had begun, however, several high-profile police shootings of black people had made discussion, in Peel's words, more woke and that he didn't feel it was needed. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I I did think that um, the ending was a little bit. So he said, I, I don't, um, I after, don't know. after gauging reception at test screenings, he decided the film needed a happy ending, but felt a moment when the audience believes Chris is about to be arrested would preserve the intended reaction. Yeah, he felt does, that yeah. in light of the news and things, people assumed that he's going to get he was going to get shot. Anyway. He was going to mm. get shot by the policeman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is probably how it would have played out, realistically. Peel considered several other endings, some of which are included on the DVD and Blu-ray. In one ending, Rod breaks into the estate, finds Chris and calls his name, but Chris responds, I assure you, I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, shit. Shit. A question Peel asked as well. Would we actually have liked Chris to kill Rose at the end? It feels like you want her to get her comeuppance, but we don't want to see the blood on Chris's hands. Do you know what it feels like? Um, a fellow and Desdemona. That's what it feels like. You know where um, a fellow has that trip and he just goes insane and then he just <laughs> murders Desdemona, but doesn't really mean to murder her. He just kills her out of rage. That's what it feels like. Um, he said we can we can forgive him for killing to get himself out of a situation we don't want to see him become cold-blooded murder yeah we don't want to see him become the type of people he's fighting against yeah I guess it's all about being the bigger person but at the same time she fucked him up he also it is nicer to know that he didn't shoot her but still gets to watch her there was also the thing that he'd spoken about leaving his 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 mum being left there was the worst way that she could have died yeah and so part of it for him he's leaving her to meet the same fate. Mm. Yeah, he does just leave her to die. He knows that she's dying. I mean, she gets shot point blank with a... It's not a shot... Is it a shotgun? I think it's a shotgun. Yes, yeah, shotgun, yeah. Yeah, she gets hit point blank by a shotgun. She's not going to survive More like that. a rifle, actually, because a yeah, shotgun would say, have like, torn at her inside. Yeah, it is a rifle, isn't it? But it still leaves a lot of exit wounds. Yeah. Would you rather add Sydney Sweeney or Daniel Kaluuya <laughs> to this movie? So... Kaluuya, he's already in there. We, so. You'd add Sweeney to Rose's role, right? Yeah, she she could she could do that. She could hands play it, down. Yeah. She could um, play it. Yeah, she's done the split personality in Euphoria. Yep. 
she actually had that stuff come out last year about her family and how mm. they're quite southern and they had the Blue Lives Matter flag. So they had the yeah, they're all um, Trump supporters and stuff, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah she, she she would actually fit looks wise the stereotype of what you would have assumed the role of Alison to be. Yeah, they just would have had to uh, have, Alison Williams' role to be. Sorry, they would have uh, for some reason her being blonde doesn't work with me. They would have had to have dyed her hair brunette. I think you'd probably have pictured it and expected it to be mm. a blonde white girl. Yeah, I guess. No, that's true. Yeah, I guess. And Alison Williams actually dyed her hair blonde immediately after. Mm-hmm. In all the press footage, she's she's blonde. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Um, domestically, the film became the highest grossing debut horror film based on an original screenplay with $176 million, dethroning the Blair Witch Project's nearly two-decade-long record of over $140 mil. Yeah, yeah. In terms of a sequel, when Peel was asked if Universal Pictures wanted him to do a sequel, he said, of course they have. It was the first thing they said, let's do a sequel. Yeah. He went on to say, honestly, I'm open to it. I love the project, but I won't do a sequel just for some kind of cash grab. If it's right, if it feels good, and I feel like I can beat the original, then I'll do it. I don't think he's beating the original. Have you seen his other projects? Have you seen Us? I have. I have seen Us and Nope. Um, What, What order do you put them in? Uh, I thought Nope was better than Us. And so, and Get Out number one. So Get, get out, out number one, then Nope, then Us. Okay, we agree. Yeah. What us, did you think of Us? Um, uh, <sighs> I feel like I might need to rewatch it because I didn't like it. I came out of the cinema and I didn't no, I like did, it. No, I did like it. I just thought it was a little bit too, maybe a little bit too like artsy. And there's that like dancing, isn't there? They're, they're like dancing across each other. And then at the end, they're all holding hands and shit across the world. It was a bit weird. Like, Nope was quite good, but I, I like Nope. Yeah, Nope was quite good, but it wasn't anywhere near as good as Get Out. I went with uh, TK and Goff, and we came out of the cinema, mm. and I think you heard about fifth, uh, fifteen people say "What the fuck!" at the same time. With, after what seeing, with us? Uh, nope. Oh. Oh. I don't think many people expected it to be this like flying mouth. In the, yeah, in the, I know. Yeah. Um, the, but I, I really best, liked it. The best scene in that film is when. It's the kids dressed up as aliens and you think that's what's actually happening. Yeah. You know, when they're in yeah, that barn yeah. and then the aliens are popping up and you're like, oh shit. That, that's that's, that's also... Um, Kaluuya has started to play... like he He's playing what... He's probably playing the closest role to himself yeah. in that film. The scene where they're like dabbing each other up on the outside, like, yeah, pumping yeah, each yeah, other yeah. up. They're really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. That um, scene of him on the horse is great. Yeah. It's a good shot. Yeah. Um... If you had to make a spin-off movie about a side character from this picture, who would it be about? There's only one correct answer. I hope you've gone the same route. Uh, I've got three options. I've gone I Rod. Like, I like- I've gone Rod. Has to be Rod. So my first uh, my first bullet point is Rod, surely. Yeah, surely. Yeah. Has to be. Did Rose die? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She because does. that could change the answer. Yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah. Her pupils dilated at the end. She's, she's dead. She's gone. Usually if you don't she dies. No, die no, this isn't a Palpatine. <laughs> somehow she came back. Situation. Uh, somehow Rose returned. She I mean, she dies. She sees him walking off with her friend and knows that she's lost and dies. It's very very satisfying. The the brother loses about three liters of blood from his head. <laughs> <laughs> he's just. I know. I know he's yeah. a freak. Yeah, he's a freak. <laughs> he should not have got up. But there you go. Um, Technically, you don't see the mum die. No. She gets stabbed in yeah. the eye, you're led to believe, but you don't technically see her die. If you if you were to do a prequel, 
the trial and error for getting the coagula working would yeah, have been I know. hilarious. I know, I know, I know. In the gift shop based around this film, what's the highest selling item? Teacups. I've got earbuds. Nah, teacups. Or we do have quite a... Or a CD, a soundtrack of the film. It's I can't soundtrack. think of the right word. You've got a kind of, uh, yeah, marketing shot yeah. in this film, haven't you? They put the Windows phone into the film when they're trying to make Windows phones a thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. It was a uh, Lumia 950. Oh, I thought it was a Huawei. No, no. it's a Lumia yeah. 950 taking a photo of uh, Lakeith Stanfield's character, mm-hmm. Dre. Anything else in your notes that you've... Uh, Best quote? Consider this situation motherfucking handled. <laughs> That's my favourite quote. What does he say? We're the TSA or something like that. TS oh, motherfucking A. Yeah, and we motherfucking handle shit. Consider this situation motherfucking handled. Mine would probably be in the... No, 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 no. No, <laughs> really. Um, um, see if M- MVP. Who have you got for MVP? Oh, it's got to be Kaluuya. It's, it's got see, to be. I would say, is it Kaluuya's barber for that impeccable fade? Okay, yeah, obviously good. Yeah. Something, uh, a scene I liked on the rewatch was, because uh, we've all seen the kind of crime investigation stuff, when he puts her on hold to records and he's like, yeah. get this bitch down. Yeah. And yeah. then she outsmarts him and he's like, yeah. she's too good, she's too good, she's too good. Yeah. yeah. Him going to the police station, they're not believing yeah. it was good. That's how it would play out there. What What was the best scene for you? Obviously we went through a couple. Um the best scene, I think the best scene, the most iconic scene. In fact, I think it's probably top, I wouldn't say top 100, maybe top 250 scenes of all time is the sunken place. Yeah. I would say it is. It's it's iconic. It's a hell of a scene. You, yeah, it's very good. When you say get out, that's the first thing that pops into my head. Yeah, I think the close-up of his eyes, the tears coming down. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, in that scene, yeah. Yeah, and then when he sinks, that... You, you say, you know, for anyone that's watched the film, I think that's what's going to pop up in people's heads. It's, it's iconic. It's so well done. So well done. Yeah, the the, the granddad Jake running. Get him grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> get him grandpa, so yeah. That's sprinting. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool as well because on the rewatch, you do you know, yeah. understand that yeah. was the dad who was beaten. And then the, the flash, I guess it explains that in that, the flash doesn't snap you out of it. It gives you like a brief window, which is where he just kills himself Takes rather himself than being a prisoner. Yeah. Fair fucks to him. Yeah. There we go. I think <laughs> just about <laughs> nice way to end, end it on a bang. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so thank you again for listening to another edition of Movie Madness. Hopefully, I feel like I got more bunged up as, as this episode's gone on. I think you do sound a bit more congested. Yeah. Yeah. I need Stay to, uh, I guess you'd probably rather hear me like this than blow my nose down the camera. So down the Ooh, camera. Man. Yeah, but down the mic. <laughs> we'll be back next week, 1917, as I've referenced. Yep. yep. See you there. Bye. Adios.